correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com Welcome to Opcast, Arms Around the Trinity Continuum. Our podcast does in-depth reviews covering everything from the first edition to the newest StoryPath edition of the books published for the Trinity Continuum, including Aeon, Aberrant, Adventure, and more. My name is Scott Cuban. I'm one of our hosts today. You can find me at on Twitter at SimulacraRPGs. You can also find me on Twitch and YouTube at Simulacra TV. It's an actual play studio that I run. Hi there, I'm one of the co-hosts, I'm Josh Heath. If you're interested in talking to me, why? But no, you can at Podcast Werewolf. That's where I talk about Werewolf the Apocalypse most frequently. But we also have lots of discussions about the Trinity Continuum because I was trying to do this thing, the Opcast, <laughs> before we decided to do the Opcast. But before we get into the show today, we are a member of the D20 Radio Network. If you don't know what that is, you should go to d20radio.com and check it out. And as a member of the network, we are obligated to shout out to one of the other shows in the network. And today we want to shout out me and Steve Talk RPGs, which is two people named Steve talking about RPG stuff. It is a usually great conversation podcast i have been a guest on there i know Chaz has been a guest on there as well they do uh, a, a little bit of actual play a little bit of conversations about role playing so there's lots of interesting stuff on there definitely a good podcast to check out so when you are done listening to the opcast you can go listen to them fantastic so today we are talking about the trinity technology manual it is one of the first supplements released for first edition Aeon, or Trinity, however you want to call it. And as with all of our first edition discussions, we are primarily going to be focusing on how you can use this material in your Story Path Edition games. We're not going to talk about the rules so much because they're essentially obsolete at this point. And from the name, you might think this is a pretty bland and not very useful book given that a lot of the material that this book has covered has been covered in the Aeon expansion and elsewhere in the other supplements for Aeon that have been released. But I don't think that's true. I think there's actually plenty of gems and little nuggets of things that you can get from this book that is very valuable, especially for a story guide. Josh, what are what are your memories of this book? So it had been a long time since I've read this. I... Originally, when Trinity or Aeon, depending on your preference, came out, I was reading my friend's books who was buying them all. And occasionally they, they just stayed in my library rather <laughs> than returning to him. So I re had read this, but had not read it for a very long time. My major takeaway from this is if you want to run technology is evil and trying to destroy us plots... This book provides a multitude of those opportunities to dig into the the bad side of sci-fi, as it were. Not necessarily horror, but definitely the icky, squicky, horror elementy of, of sci-fi. So that's my main takeaway from this book. I, I don't know if I love it from that hmm. standpoint, but 
I know you have a different point of view, so let's dive well, into it. So I think that this book is interesting. First and foremost, like all the first edition books, I like it because it has a healthy in-play full color section, mm-hmm. which I'm always going to praise because that gives us a lot of really interesting points of view and a lot of plot hooks that you can you can delve into. I, I think I think another aspect of this is a lot of like corporate espionage. That you mm-hmm. can tell from this book because they definitely give you information on a lot of mega corporations, a lot of producers of the technology. Uh, this is something that will probably be supplemented or brought up or done better in the upcoming Mission Statements book. But it is here, and I do enjoy it for that. We get one of the highlights of that, I think, is a fairly long mu- essay from Matthew Zwiedler, the, the Escopian pro- proxy on the biological template, which I think is a very interesting read if you're into the science of it. And I think that that's a very cool thing. There's a lot of really cool tidbits like that. They talk about the human genome project of like what mm-hmm. happened to that in the future. Of course, this is the first edition, so your, your mileage may vary in the second edition. Yeah. So I actually have thoughts on, on that, the human, human genome project mm-hmm. element. So the idea here is that the human genome project is, was a big thing in the late 90s. Like it was, oh my gosh, we finally mapped the human genome. Now we've done this multiple times over and we have multiple other creatures that we have mapped as well. We have, I think last time I remember looking it up, something like a hundred different animals that we've mapped their genomes for in relation to humanity and expanding outwards to dogs and mm-hmm. mice and, and things like that. The idea behind it being if we know how our genome is, is is set up we can do gene therapy and we can understand the building blocks so we can fix stuff effectively it so it's it's a very late 90s conceit oh, that yes. this got disappeared and so we don't know that anymore but with the technology of the day for trinity it would take them like 10 minutes to map the human genome so I, I read in between the lines on this one. Okay. I, I, I think I see a plot line here that, that may explain that because they talk about the discovering or looking into the gene for aberrancy or the basically becoming a Nova. And I can see even in StoryPath edition, this is the type of information that might have been suppressed because that sort of information could be very dangerous given the paranoia regarding Novas and aberrants. So I read between the lines of saying like, yes, this information is lost. It's not really lost. It's been suppressed because it is dangerous. And it says that effectively Mm -hmm. in this book too. And I don't hate that idea, particularly with Project Rewrite and all Mm -hmm. of those sorts of elements and Backlash Kuwasha gets a, a lot of word count in this mm-hmm. book because uh, him, uh, actually, I'm not sure if it's they, them, or he, him, but we'll, I'll use they just for simplicity's sake. Sure. They definitely are like a specter mm-hmm. uh, like throughout the Aeon setting. Yes, they absolutely are. And that's actually one of the, 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 the bigger things that I wanted to talk about because this is a very big difference between first edition and story path edition is the state of the opnet. Because in first edition, we had the OpNet crash, and that crashed everything, same same as StoryPath edition. But the difference is that in the first edition, in response to that, when the OpNet was rebuilt, it was rebuilt segmented. Right. In, in other words, attempting to forestall or prevent another system-wide crash of the OpNet, uh, which 
which talks, which gives the the element of paranoia, of extreme security concern. Whereas in StoryPath edition, this is not the case. It's it's free and open. It's mostly wireless access. There's free communication throughout the plant, throughout the the system. You can see merits of both. Why I like and I like this book for going into it is because this shows us a version of the future that has better technology, but is different from what we have in terms of its setup. It is set up segmented. It is set up with these really, really, like they go into the fail safes and the the points of connection between them. Yeah, the uh, physical to, points of connection, the, actually. Yeah, the too, physical like... points of connection in an in-play fashion, including a testimony from a guy who basically has the last line of defense job, yeah. which is if my heart stops beating, then the connection physically is destroyed by a dead man switch, essentially, which I think shows the paranoia from the aberrant war. It, it shows the societal scar mm-hmm. of fear of this ever happening again. So I, I think while the story path edition is very much our world, but advanced with super tech, this is a world. The first edition is a world that that could be like that but has chosen not to be out of fear of what happened and not preventing it from happening again. And I think in many ways, I think that's more interesting. Yeah, I see value either way, depending on which direction you want to run. The idea of air-gapped systems for the opnet around the world makes a lot of sense with the FSA and mm-hmm. uh, and, and and China and even Japan, like all of these different places that are like, we want to be separate from you because we don't trust you. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense for those chunks, at least. And I can see this book re- being really valuable for then understanding how does that work? Because certainly there is some traffic between the FSA and mm-hmm. other places, even in this on the OpNet. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not that they're hard set against each other. It's just that there are very, very regimented and physically defended points of connection. Right. And of course, especially with governments like the FSA in China and, and Nippon, there is opportunity for information control. But yeah, I think I think having it segmented like that is interesting because it shows the scar on the human psyche of the Aberrant yep. War in a in a less physical way. And this is something that has affected our culture. For sure. So I think that's very interesting. You can play it either way. And I think it's very easy to take that aspect and map it on to StoryPath Edition if you wanted to play a humanity that is a bit more scarred in the psyche. For sure. And even if you wanted to do something like one on one of the colonies or something like Mm -hmm. that, where you took some of these ideas and were like, the colony has intentionally set up their op net like this. Yes. Because if you're gone Conseil Lupe, the aberrants are there mm-hmm. and we want to make sure they don't get into the system, right? Or like you're on Ruan's world and the the Upeo are like, we are doing this because we are intentionally segmenting information mm-hmm. within the Upeo for reasons. Like there's lots of different ways you could play with it and still use it that I think would be really interesting in a story path. Yeah. Game. We also get some in, like in-play information on Bioware and biotechnology. Can I talk um, about that for a second? Yeah, um, absolutely we can. So in this, in the first edition, biotech absolutely is a big presence, but hard tech seems more common than it does in the story path edition. And maybe that's just the way I'm reading the books, but I feel like 
and it may be a, a late 90s assumption that hard tech's going to be the thing and then biotech is this new thing that is exciting and it's coming in but it hasn't dominated everything in the story path edition books we get a bit more of a sense that biotech is tech mm-hmm. and like hard tech exists but most of tech is biotech am i misreading that how do you feel um, about that i don't know i think i think there's a lot of focus here on what scions are using mm-hmm, sure uh, i think that that is the the thrust of, of a lot of this information is presented it is presented as you are scions you are, have privileged access to biotech so it gets a it, it gets a a focus also i mean the mechanics are different the mechanics support this differently as well mm-hmm. uh, biotech is more common and usable by neutrals in second edi- in story path edition than it is in first edition yeah i i definitely get that i mean i i see that there is a fo- yeah yeah i guess it's just a difference in focus i mean mm-hmm. but i do like the biotech that they have here oh yeah um, I really sure. like the like the on page was it yeah page twenty nine the picture of like the biotech vat like the the system they have it's very creepy and very cool but we get like in play explanations of how formats work how mm-hmm. deformatting works tolerance and and that sort of thing uh, we get this really really fun section on chin biotechnology yes uh, wherein like that they well. talk about how they got their hands on this one little bit of technology and the human scientists have been like trying to figure it out for weeks because they don't understand what it is or what it does and then they finally talk to a chin who says the look look confused and you know what they said it's a vase it's it's such a hundred percent that cultural miscommunication of this is a thing we're giving you it is biotech right Mm -hmm. so it must do a thing from a human perspective and the chin are just like the thing it does is hold flowers yeah i mean it might like keep them alive longer than a normal vase does because Mm -hmm. it's a living system and it interfaces with the roots but yeah no it's it's because they use biotech for everything they grow biotech like natively so it's very it's an interesting thing i really like it the in-play section like i said you get some some in-play discussions of mega corporations including including one that amused me greatly because it was clearly written before they had had hard thoughts about about aberrant the game because it's called nova starcraft yeah and i was like ah they didn't they didn't know what they were going to call call aberrants <laughs> when they wrote this did they or if I, I swear they referenced Nova early Nova's earlier on in one of the other books. If they did, I don't think they did. I think they probably didn't cross the wires. Yeah. From from what I recall, it took a good long while before we heard the word Nova in an Aeon book or a Trinity mm-hmm. book. Sure. Um, the first time I remember hearing the word Nova was when I picked up the Aberrant book. Mm-hmm. And it was new. Then they started slipping that that terminology into Aeon books after Aberrant had been released. Fair. That makes sense. But I was yeah, just amused by that. <laughs> clearly, that would not like mm-hmm. that would not be a, a, a company name choice that most people would go yeah, with. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, like like I said, you get the full color art here. Got some really interesting like corporate designs for logos. Yeah, I like the uh, logos. Which are very nice. cool. Like if you're mm-hmm. a logo logo nerd, there's some good most ones. of the corpse in here. Are, you're going to see them again. Mm-hmm. I, I think I get. I think that got spoiled on my interview with Leaf, and and yeah. if it didn't, I'm just going to say it. Ah, I'm going to get in trouble anyway. Uh-oh. But like, um, you're going to see some of these uh, again pretty soon. But what I again, I, I mentioned this earlier. What I like is they're all corrupt, 
you know what yeah. I mean? For lack of a better term. And if you want to run a localized corruption or instead of the whole world is corrupt in mm -hmm. Aeon setting, one of these corps can easily be. And that lets you play with that sort of material in a way that doesn't overtake the whole setting or and or this is really helpful for anima mm -hmm. if you want to run a game somewhere other than cascade for anima or if you want to add a little bit of flavor to one of the corpse that's in cascade there's some cool stuff in here to do that with so i actually look at this and when i was reading it i'm like this is an anima source book today oh yeah absolutely it could be definitely used for anima so yeah Lots of little little tidbits here and there that are very useful to read. But actually, I think we can transition now into the out of play section, which is the bulk of the book because it's mm -hmm. mostly it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of rules for stuff. But they also provide a lot of really good information alongside those rules. Like I said, a lot of this got covered in the Aeon expansion in terms of like the rules content. But this book has this section uh, book has a bigger word count for the section than the Aeon's expansion does. So yep. you're able to get a lot more teased out information about how does this technology work? What does it look like? They have the art in the out of play section, I think is really actually fairly amazing. Yeah. Because there's some very cool depictions of technology in, in the book. Like the 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 thing of the med kit, the 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 design of the med kit is very interesting to me because it just it just shows this very interesting design with all these different medical apparatus in there. There's a lot of tech spec like designs in here. Yeah. Uh, which I, I think is very cool. I really like the ones for the ships and stuff like that yes. because they're yes. they're not full on schematics or deck plans, but they're just enough that I could I could build a deck plan off of mm -hmm. one of these really easily. You absolutely and it could. Gives uh, me a good sense of like, this is what this ship looks like. Mm -hmm. I really Super. like the schematics or the texture drawings of Vargs mm -hmm. because they give you like front, side, rear on a lot of them. So it gives a very good, fully, fully represented of what this Varg looks like, which I love Vargs. Vargs are great. They have a really good section on computers and how computers work and how agents work. Yes, a much that we do in Story Path Edition get an explanation for how is an agent's work, but mm -hmm. I, this is more helpful in that it is deeper. It it's just more comprehensive in the types of things people do with them. I think it's interesting that like your mini comp is effectively what we do with cell phones today. Yeah. So I think in some ways you don't need to explain what people do with their cell phone anymore. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, in 98, people use the cell phone to make phone calls and yeah. few well, I think, people I th text yeah. messaged. I but... think the difference being that Siri is a lot more advanced than these. Right. Like Siri has an actual personality and can extrapolate a little bit more. You can hold a conversation with her in this, this version of things. But yeah, there's a lot of good stuff about that. Like Like every entry for like everything gives you an example of like, how does this work? How does it, how is it, what cool functions are that they go into like classifications, like they have something called a super tank that they talk about, which is mm -hmm. interesting to think of. Like I said, the art is really good. Just one that I picked you on page 110 is an image of a bunch of basically like wastelanders in an old internal combustion car uh, running through basically what's probably the blight uh, in Mad Max glory. Uh, which I like. That was another, that was something in the in play section talking about there are places in the world that run off ancient technology. 
i.e. Right. the cars that we have today which um, is, is is fun and like mm-hmm. that's balanced with the things on the next couple of pages which mm-hmm. are like here's what a modern fusion car mm-hmm. looks like and the super tanks and everything are right there some of the art in here clearly is early style computer generated oh, art yes and it is what it is but it, mean, it definitely like for the time I, it was great for the time in my yep. opinion but i do <laughs> like the the more like like line drawn art and i think that that's a lot more evocative yep. something that i think was cool was the it's the hold on, what do they call it? the psycom uh is one of the ones that stuck out is this mm-hmm. this like secret bio psi communications network that the proxies and high level scions use and it's they they describe it and they give like the drawings of it it is very alien looking yeah uh, which i think is cool this is the idea yep. of this like secret psi based tele like long-range telepathy communication network which that's is that's an a neat idea right and, and what happens if you, the players need to hack that or something yeah like that? exactly there's cool things like that. I like the, the Biosystems Lamprey. Oh, yes. That's a very it, cool looking ship. It's effectively a biosub. And it's just, this gives you a sense for, this is what biotech looks like for humanity. And we get a lot, I wouldn't say a lot, but we get enough images of biotech in the Story Path Edition to be like, oh, okay, this is what biotech looks like. The more we get of it, the more it's helpful for my brain to go, this is what the world looks like to the average person or yes. to the person using these sorts of things. Yeah, I think if you read this book, you because this is something that Chaz and I discussed in when we were talking about the last aberrant book that we recorded, because it had a, a section on technology. And Chaz made the point of if you tech is one of the biggest cultural touchstones for what a sci-fi setting is like. Yeah. Because it is the day-to-day, it is we tech is how we interface with our world a lot. And this book gives a very good, very thorough picture of what the technology and therefore humanity is like in this setting. And even though it is this information is, is redone and represented in the Story Path edition, mostly in the Aeon expansion, like I've said, this has more word count. And has a deeper level of detail. I think I do have to call out, because you mentioned that technology is evil. There is something that I got fairly uncomfortable reading about, which was the discussion about the womb yeah. bit of te- oh, technology. I was going to mention that as well. That's definitely a problem. Yeah, it's it's not great. It, it's basically an artificial womb, which in and of itself, I have no problem with. I think that's a cool thing. There's definitely viable. But it, it makes the implications that some children come out wrong and when they say wrong they they actually call it being autistic yeah. uh, which it's not wrong to be artistic it's right. not it's just a way of being but this was very 90s when we didn't have a we did not have the understanding of of autism and those sorts of neurodivergences that we do today so it is a product of its time but it made me uncomfortable reading it same and, and i just want to also reiterate neurodiversity is something we support in mm-hmm. general and reviewing things like this it's good to call out like hey as a content warning if you read this you're going to stumble across that and be aware of it and things like that do not and will not exist in the story path edition it's just i i, I know the creators at this stage and there's no way they would allow that yeah sure. absolutely and so uh, that brings me to the why I think of the hard tech element being a little bit more present in this edition. In Story Path Edition, most of the ships 
most of the 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 spacefaring vessels are biotech. In this book, most of the military spacecraft are hard tech. They are like things like the the Banji Peregrine, clearly a mm -hmm. hard tech device. The A5L Phoenix, clearly a hard tech device. That's called the Aberrant Buster, which hmm. is a great name. Oh yeah, like as a vessel, this is super cool. And in some ways, I actually think it makes sense to have more hard tech against the fact that most of the aliens in the universe that we have interacted with use biotech. And most of the aberrants that we have interacted with, we as humanity, can mess with biotech, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that hard tech is potentially a way to prevent our adversaries from getting at us is an interesting angle to play at if you want to say what is humanity's advantage in the universe it could be hard tech um, yeah and that I mean, that, that's certainly the thing i mean i could also see a, a case to be made of saying uh aberrants with electronical electronic controls can get mm -hmm. to hard tech I sure. think like how do our enemies mess with our technology? You know, mm -hmm. is it the interference from from flux or quantum uh, quantum interference that might mess up a biotech, or is it the literal control and manipulation that they can do because that they're just messing with the quantum forces of it? But yeah, you're right. I think there is more and some more interesting hard techs and interesting designs which you are absolutely able to pull from and mess with that balance in your game. Mm -hmm. So I'm a Robotech was the first tabletop mm. RPG I really played. And there's a part of me that really loves hard tech in that style. Biobarks are, are cool. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. Like the Invid are, are a thing in, in Robotech that I, I like. And they're basically Biobarks, right? Mm -hmm. So this having those options, I think is cool. But the idea of like, here is some solid hard tech Battlestar Galactica ships or, or other tools or just like a here's a uh, a slug thrower that you can use that does not regenerate little slugs, literally mm -hmm. like it. it I, I like having those elements, at least if I want to play into that one way or the other. Well, particularly since they've given us the option of playing talents in mm -hmm. Aeon, like like the like a normal people are something that you can viably play in an Aeon setting, quote unquote, normal people. And for them, they are not going to have the tolerance ratings that Scions do because they don't have big side ratings. Hmm. But they, so they can use some biotech, but by and large, they're going to be using hard tech because it's, it's, it's what they can access more readily. And they do not have the capacity to load up on biotech like Scions do. Yep. What would be really cool, and this is effectively just stealing the Stargate idea, but or even Eclipse Phase idea, is having a group of talents using one of the, I can't remember what the gates are called in, in Aeon, but one of the transporter gates that we have mm -hmm. in the setting, and like using it as a way to crash land on planets, hmm. and like maybe they're doing it like again uh, as a government agency maybe they're doing it against government orders maybe they are former associates of aeon or something like that but there would be lots of cool ways to basically do a, a effectively a stargate game using that idea yeah
uh yeah so technology manual very much it's it's at it's out of date like the the you get a lot of this information elsewhere and we're probably going to get more of it coming soon but i think it's like it's it's usefulness is the the well well doled out well detailed examination of technology explanation of technology you, there's more meat on these bones in terms of like describing what the technology is, how it works, mm -hmm. how it's used and how it's changed society. Yep. And it's filled with story hooks and MacGuffins mm -hmm. and things like that, that you can use. So like if you're stuck and not finding something in the story path books and you're like, what can I go to, to pull out a story hook or a, a kickstart to your chronicle design? This is a great book for doing that. Absolutely. Or if you need a cool spaceship. Yep. Like if you want something that's already in universe, they've got a ton of cool spaceships. They've got a ton of, ton of tool vehicles and weapons and guns and stuff that you'll have to build using the story path system. But the tag system is great. You can build whatever the heck you want with it. Right. And that's that's what's cool about this is like, here's a baseline for the idea mm -hmm. and then just use the tag system to build rebuild this thing in StoryPath. That would even be a really good StoryPath Nexus product if someone wanted to do it is go through the tech manual and redo as many things that aren't in books already. Right. Yeah. If someone that would wanted be, to do that. That would be a really cool project. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Scott, do you have anything else that you want to say about the Trinity Technology Manual? The cover art of a bio varg going into a going up against a hard tech varg is really cool because it's a I think they 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 describe what this scenario is mm. is basically the rollout of bio vargs going up against a bunch of aberrant cultists who had got their hands on hard tech vargs. That's a really cool little mini story that they have in there. Yep. It's really cool because it's two very different varg designs going at it, and I think it's really cool. Yeah. Other than that, like I said, this is a great book if you really want to breathe in the Aeon setting as a whole, as a whole setting because technology touches everything in the setting, and this is a very tech-focused book. So I, I think if you want to come at it through that way, it's a great book for really getting your hands into the setting. Yep, I actually don't disagree with you. I kind of came into this going, I'm not sure how we're going to talk about this book. But I think we did a really good job. Of, yeah, no, of I, doing think, that. I think, I um, think, like I said, there's more to this book than meets the eye if you really dig into it. Absolutely. So I will let you lead us out, even though I was going to steal your line. Go ahead. Oh, you're going to steal my line. Okay, now I have to think of something. Well, I think it's really important that you strap on your biologically enhanced arms and wrap them around the Trinity Continuum. <laughs>